When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, all cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, that was a banter weekend, as uh, some people would call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Certainly from a fantasy perspective, there were some highs and lows, uh, but the matches as well. Just some really dodgy performances. Uh, yeah, well, from it was... some tough was- teams. I, FBL wise, it was a tricky one, right? It was a, it was a great weekend for XG and XA underachievers, right? A lot of people looked good and did not actually give you anything fantasy wise. I think I'm on 39 points right now, which which is above average. And I actually, because I, I was like, ah, oh, like am I like even on a green arrow? And I actually am, but you know, I started at 3.6 million or something going into this game, <laughs> so yeah. I'm up like 800,000 places. So I feel I feel pretty good about that and. If he plays, I have Gabriel center back, Arsenal center back Gabriel tomorrow. I can't. You can't just say Gabriel, right? Because it's like uh, there's three many. Gabriels on Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Gabriel yeah. Martinelli, Jesus. Call him G one, G two, G three, maybe. Yeah, I just struggle to pronounce his last name, and so I don't try. It's Mar. It's like I, I want to say Margulies, like Juliana Margulies, <laughs> but I don't think that's. I don't think that's okay. right. So we're, we're, we've yeah. got the Game of Throne Game of Thronesification of the Gabrielles, where you're like Gabrielle of some landed yes. estate somewhere. He is Gabrielle yeah, exactly. of the center back clan. It's like Pliny the Elder, the whatever you know. Yeah, exactly. Precise. So we've got so I've got we've got Gabrielle. I know you've got Saliba, and I think we both have Saka. Is that right? Those yeah. are the players who got in the Arsenal game. Okay, so those are the guys. I, so, so it was, it was a mixed bag. I think uh, a stupid on Brighton, basically. Brighton was were my were my performers this week. Uh, I got I think it was twelve from Matoma. I think roughly the same. I don't have my actual team. I should, let me pull my team up here. It was twelve from Matoma. Yeah. Uh, yeah, eleven from a stupid on twelve from Matoma, um, and so that that felt good. I mean, I also have Bruno and Rashford, and I got three combined points for, uh, from those two. Nicholas Jackson, one point there. And now the question is, do we, are we keeping the faith with them? I mean, you, I think you have those, those same three players. Do you not? You have Bruno Rashford. I do. This, is, this is relevant, relevant for me and you. I think it's relevant <laughs> for most people listening. Yeah. Uh, for many of them, at least. I think most people have at least one of those two Man United players. And I think the struggle is to see them. Okay. Uh, like, I think it's an interesting moment right now uh, because they, the numbers are fine, if, if not good. They play uh, Forest at home in game week three, right? Excellent fixture. Uh, would be for any squad. But they don't look great, right? Like, it, it's it's hard to look at this Man United team. And I guess you could be like, well, if, if, if it weren't for an excellent goalkeeper performance, maybe they scored a couple. And, and maybe I'm... 
not being generous enough, but I, I just haven't really been kind of blown away by Man United in either of their first two matches this season. And so to be holding on to 17 and a half million worth of Man United attacking players uh, when there are these really cheap options out there, right? Uh, Brian and Bomo comes to mind um, along with many, Phil Foden, you know, many others. So yeah, how are you feeling right now about Rashford, Bruno? I mean, Nicholas Jackson, we kind of put aside. They play Luton Town in game week three. I just, <laughs> no, I'm not dropping him for that. And, you know, yeah. we can talk later about whether you want to buy him or not, if there are right. other options to consider, but certainly wouldn't be dropping him. Yeah, Manchester United, I thought it was a concerning performance against Spurs. Uh, going back to you hinting at the XG, XA. I think that that kind of betrays what I was seeing uh, on the pitch. So Bruno was he was playing lots of great, great passes, but they were these Hollywood passes that basic that that communicate to me that nothing is coming easy in this yeah. Manchester United attack. The only way that they could break the Spurs line and and it's like Spurs were the sum of their parts. They were great on the weekend, but their defense is not great. There should be no issue for players of Rashford's caliber and Bruno to at least get into the box with some better chances more easily worked. And it just all seemed really difficult and plodding. And as you got into the second half, um, I think it got worse because then you see from Bruno tons of misplaced passes and desperate this Bruno. Gen- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it was really uh, you could see the frustration really bubbling up more than you typically do with Bruno Rashford um I saw him like what he likes to do is just square up on a defender. He likes to turn, square up on a defender and then dither on the ball. And <laughs> Rashford, yeah. he, I, I think he had a terrible match, and he couldn't win any one-on-one challenges. Uh, yeah, he didn't and he have wasn't, any clear-cut chances. He, yeah, he wasn't great in the in the opening match either, right? In the Wolves match, I thought it was a pretty indifferent performance from him, in, in that one too. To be fair to him, though, they he he is they're trying to do a makeshift sort of totally. front four because yes. uh, Hoyland is out injured. That wasn't part of the plan. Who are we right. playing in the false nine? The fact that Martial came in at the end yeah. of that Spurs match, does that say to you, Josh, that Ten Hag was just like, screw this, I'm done. Like, we don't even deserve points. Or is he just... Uh, no, is, I, I just think he just wanted a little bit of structure, right? Yeah. I just don't think right. that, you know, right. Rashford's working up there. And Yeah, I mean, the Hoyland thing, I guess, is slightly concerning, right? Uh, you never want to see unknown return date. So they just... Like, did they scout this guy before? Like, when did he get this back injury? Let's say, yeah. So it's a little. Uh, who knows? I mean, th- th- I guess. I guess that would be the worry. Is like, is this going to persist? And I, and honestly, Forrest have put in some decent performances too. And so it's like, I, I, I get that you sort of like your brain immediately goes, oh, it's 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 Forrest uh, away. Like that's that's got to be a an incredible fixture. But uh, given how they look at the moment, it's just hard for me to look at this match and think. Oh yeah, um, you know they're they're gonna, they're going to get six or seven yeah. past Forest, right? Maybe they get two. And I, I have to be honest, I I'm not really strongly leaning towards dropping either Bruno or Rashford. I think I just hold for one more week and then and then decide what to do. I have I have two transfers going into game week three. I don't really have any pressing problems. My team actually looks pretty good. So I think what I will likely do is make one transfer and I, I may actually move Watkins. That that's the, that's the, that's a transfer I'm, I'm strongly considering. Um, not that he's like a terrible player to hold, but you know, it's Burnley away, Liverpool away in the next two. Those aren't 
And Burnley way is okay, I guess. It's kind of hard to have a read in Burnley, right? They've only played one match so far in the season because against was, uh, Man City. Yeah, against Man City, exactly. And uh, and then they they couldn't play because Luton Town's the the grounds weren't weren't ready yet for for a match. So we don't really know what to expect from them. But they basically they have they've had two weeks to prep for this Villa match, right? I I, I kind of think they're going to come out uh, playing playing reasonably well. And so uh, I don't know. I we can talk more about forward options in a bit because I think there are some really interesting ones, uh, including another. Again, whenever you play Man City, it's sort of a it's a tricky to evaluate, right? But I I'm actually kind of interested in Isak. I think that it's, <laughs> I you know I mean they play Liverpool at home in in game week three, and Liverpool have decided that they're just not going to play, you know, a right back, and you know it's 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 amazing to me. It's incredible. Like it's how can this persist like do they just have to find a replacement for trent like somebody else to play his right back it's like they're bet they've bent this team out of shape in order to yeah. get him to play as a midfielder because he's just not a good i mean he was responsible for that opening goal i i, I know it wasn't a great pass from van dyke but yeah. i mean you just can't you couldn't control it in the midfield in the yeah so yeah. everyone yeah. calling for trent to be some sort of uh defensive ball playing deep lying midfielder <laughs> you've got to at least be able to uh cushion yeah. the ball if you're playing yeah, in that position because totally. you'll be under pressure coming out of the back it's funny man city is is doing something similar where they're not playing a right winger they're only playing a right back kyle walker's task against newcastle was basically all right you're just going to do the whole right side that's your yeah it's interesting i don't know if that was that like a bernardo silva enforced situation maybe right because he would typically be over there i don't know but let's talk briefly about and i and i you know we're, we're kind of like just talking broadly about about everything right now. And I think uh, just to give people kind of a roadmap for, for today's pod, we're going to look at game week three. Uh, we're also going to talk about early FPL performers that we've overlooked so far this season. Um, and uh, there's, there's a handful of them that I think we should talk about. I mean, I mean Bomo is just staring me in the face right now, Brandon. It's uh, it, it was the 92nd minute goal. That's the one that really gets you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you don't, when you don't have a, a highly owned player, you're like, well, you got a pen. Okay, fine. I can, I can handle that. <laughs> but the second goal, cause you know, it's, you know, it's three bonus, you know, he gets that clean cheat bonus point too. Uh, it's yep. that, that's the one that's a killer, but, um, you know, I mean, good on to everybody who had him cause he's, he was, he was a much discussed pick early on the season. And, um, I think that he, you know, in preseason, I should say, and, um, it just, you know, with the benefit of the hindsight, he was just, a, he was a clear pick and he looks he looks fantastic and he's certainly the player that i if i were to just like throw, throw my hands up and give up on the man united um midfield he'd be the player that i'd be looking at for my transfer maybe that's a little obvious but yeah so and the feeling know. is did i did i miss out on the points already well they have two home fixtures in the next two with crystal palace and bournemouth both at yep. home and then they get newcastle away in game week five followed by everton home forest away so it's still a really great four run. and five yeah so, yeah so if you're if you're like us missing out on those brentford uh attacks i and and wissa has to be mentioned as well because mm-hmm. i am with you on the watkins transfer like uh, like Watkins has returned two and two, but only assists. And I don't think he's looked very confident in front of goal for whatever no. reason. No, the fact that his, <laughs> his sub came on and scored seconds after getting on the pitch was <laughs> yeah. a little, a little discouraging yeah. for Watkins. Yeah. Owners, I think few, few too many hungry, like a wolf jokes for my taste with the Duran <laughs> substitution, but that's on everybody else out there. You'll not hear that here, but the, uh, like, uh, 
Nicholas Jackson has scored a total of two points to Watkins 10. Yet with that Luton home match, the ceiling remains higher than Jackson uh, or higher than Watkins for Jackson. Right. So, so yeah, well, Watkins to Wissa, Watkins to Alvarez is something I want to talk a little bit more about. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta move somebody. I gotta. Oh yeah, Alvarez too. All right. Well, anyway, I don't want to. We're gonna do the pod before the pod starts if we're not careful here. But let me just. Uh, I, I do want to quickly. T- well, actually, you know what? I'll say. I'll save it. I want to talk about Phil Foden, but let's save that for um, the the main uh, part of the pod because I think that's an interesting um, discussion point. I I feel like he's somebody I definitely overlooked myself. Uh, I do. However, quickly want to mention uh, a comment from GP because wild cards are going to start entering into people's thoughts. Uh, it's it's not where I am yet, but uh, I may be I may be there soon. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to wild card every year. I'm like, maybe I'll just hold my wild card until game week 18, you know, get all set up for the festive pictures. And then I blow it by game week five. And, you know, it's it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so GP says, what are you think are the good signals to look out for? or rules of thumb to follow when it comes to deciding when to trigger your first wild card. So if you're starting to get angst, you know, antsy, angsty, whatever yeah. about your squad, what is the trigger that gets you to finally go ahead and, and, and push that wild card button? I feel like at this stage of the season, it's injuries because an injury means you're guaranteed zero points from a player, at least with these players, I mean, we can just use Nicholas Jackson as an example for all these questions, I think. All these players who are deeply frustrating and haven't come good, they still will play next week. They still could get you points. And but if but if they're injured, Chukwameka, he ain't getting you points next week. So if uh, as far as wildcard triggers go, there will be people who've got Reese James, Tyron Mings uh, and and a handful of other injuries then I think you're getting into that wild card conversation. If you if you don't have a lot of injuries, I think either you you keep the faith on some of these players and and trust the rationale why you brought them in, or just take a minus four or a minus eight to do some quick surgery. Because I think that the wild card is going to be handy. Uh, you know, a, a month from now. I mean, we haven't seen. Yeah. If you think you have problems now, you don't know the half of it. And <laughs> now, I think, I think you're you're more fond, Josh, and I don't disagree with this thought process of just play an early wild card. Like, what's what's the big deal? It doesn't have to be a big deal. How truly powerful is the wild card? You really can change the trajectory of yeah. your team by by playing it. But I. I, I I feel like when I played my wild card in game week three or four in seasons past, it's because I just missed a whole raft of players I needed. And yeah. I'm not seeing explosive Leicester-esque champion, champions players at this point. It yeah. really is and Brentford that we have missed the boat on. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. I mean, honestly, if, if I just did two transfers this week and I just turned Bruno into into Mbomo and, and, and Watkins into Visa, I probably would be in a better position, right? Just, just do those two things. I think, I think there's a couple things I, I think about. One is, like you said, I, I don't think we know quite yet who we really want. I mean, that's part of the theme of this week's pod, right? Is who do we overlook and why? And I think we'll talk more about some of the players that you might target if you were on a wild card. Uh, but I think sometimes I, to me, it's as easy as I just look at, 
who my squad is playing that game week. And if it's bad, I'm ready to make the move. You know, it, it can be that it can be that simple, which is just I, I don't actually think game week three is probably not a great time to wild card. I, I, I have to imagine most people listening, if you actually look at your game week three squad, the way, the way you've got it set up right now, it probably looks pretty good. I mean, I don't know about you. I already have. I mean, I, I you know, I have a great looking squad right now. I mean, I sort of like everything. I mean, if I were the like the weakest spot in my squad would be probably Jordan Pickford. Right. And he's still home to wolves. And so I don't see that as an absolutely urgent pressing move. So looking at that, I mean, I, I will just almost never wild card if I like the like if I like the squad that I have for that particular game week. Right. I wouldn't wild card for price rises or wild card because there's some highly owned player that's delivering or anything like that. I mean, I think like you said, I think in most cases, even if it's like even if you really want like a particular player, um, it's it's better to take like a minus four to, to bring them in, right? Assuming you can't do it with a regular transfer. I think that's that's generally the movement. The, 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 all, but all the players I want right now are cheap. Like all the players that I want would free up so much money in my squad, right? If I go from Watkins to Vissa, then that's two million right there, one point nine. If I go from Rashford to to Mbomo, that's two point four, right? It's like I, I you know I could free up four million with those with those two transfers. So um I, I you know I don't think anyone's like really itching to get Mo Salah right now given where where Liverpool are. And so I, I, I just don't see like a really strong rationale for for wildcarding this early either. With that said, it, it just sort of depends on you know, I mean you and I are talking as as people who did a lot of preseason thinking uh when we you know like you know, we're, I mean, this is like you know we we played fantasy for more than a decade. Or, you know, played fantasy for more than a decade. Um, we have we sort of knew a, a pretty like good baseline squad to go into. But if this is your first season, and some of the players that we're talking about in this pod are players that you just don't have, um, I I mean maybe go ahead, right? I, I mean if you don't have like I could see an argument for wild carding early if you if you just hate the shape of your squad and the way it looks this game week, and you're like you know what I'm just going to try to triple up on Man City for example, right? And play mm-hmm. Sheffield United and just and just kind of go for it. I don't think that's an absolutely insane place to be. I mean, I you just yeah. get like Foden, Holland and and um um and Alvarez and just assume that you're yeah. gonna get like two goals and an assist out of those three. I'm thinking of our friend Amy who joined our our friend league for and this is her first season. She's a longtime West Ham supporter. It's her first time playing FPL. So she's not like super familiar on what's going on with the yeah. other teams in the Premier League. I took a quick look at her team and then I would be interested to hear from the listeners like what their approach would be in this situation. How much do you tell your friend like, no, 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 you've got to get this player, this player, this player. <laughs> yeah. I chose yeah. to offer like just a couple pieces of pieces of advice because part of the education is just learning as you go. So yep. I saw Amy had Emmerich Laporte as her city defender and I was just like, just FYI, this dude's not going to play. He's off to another league. Get rid of him. She also did have Philippe Coutinho. Uh, so uh, there, I I want to welcome and be supportive of those managers. If you if you are that person, you don't have to raise your hand. Yeah. But we are giving you tacit permission to play a wild well, Brandon, card because you probably yeah, learned a lot person, just in two weeks. Yeah, this person is my friend too, and uh, I I talk, I saw her today, uh, coincidentally, uh-huh. and I talked her into bringing in a Bomo. So the same thing. I was like, don't go crazy here, but you just you know, I, I think she had um, 
Hoiberg, uh, Pierre Emile. And I was like, I just don't, yeah. I don't know that you're going to get a ton of points there. I would, uh, you know, you, you have enough money. I would just move on to Mboma. And uh, again, like, I don't think you need to be radical there, but um, I think it's good to keep that in perspective. Because sometimes I feel like when I see people talk on uh, forums or whatever, it's, there's a sort of baseline feeling that everyone has eight of the same 11 players. And then you look at other people's squads and you're like, actually, this isn't true. It's just kind of this little, this little world. And so, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, so with that said, let's uh, let's get into the, the main part of the pod here. I did want to quickly uh, say thank you to our newest Patreon supporters, Brandon. We got a bunch of new patrons this week, and you're absolutely welcomed, encouraged, enthusiastically encouraged, Brandon, to join. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Always Cheating. You get an extra podcast each week. You can talk with us and others on the Discord. Uh, there's still time to join a bunch of the leagues that various members have set up, including, of course. Um, our own uh, Patreon Sporter League. Uh, and thank you to James Lang- James Langley, Daniel Hart, DA, Nick Stulig, uh, Richard Nyquist, returning. I think he, he might have just updated his credit card, Brandon, but it says it's a new patron. Well done, so Richie. So I'm keeping him in there. Way to yeah, keep on that <laughs> thank bank you, Vinyl Richie. information. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Way to keep it updated. Uh, Max <laughs> P, uh, Stink Pickle FC, I like that one. Uh, Erlen, Erlen Njarsrod, uh, Nils Isak Rindahl, Brennan and Alex and uh, Brennan and um, Daniel Hart, by the way, Brennan are two new producer patrons. So uh, extra big thanks to those two. And uh, yeah, you got singled out for, for pronouncing someone's name correctly uh, (laughs) on last week's pod. I was really very very proud of us. Yeah. It doesn't happen very often. It's rare. We get lauded for, um, for correctly pronouncing. So uh, I was beaming with pride on, on our behalf. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll get back and talk about players that we overlooked in preseason and what we want to do about them now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. 
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. All right, Brian, we're back. Uh, so there are some familiar faces leading overall points right now that I feel like we both overlooked, or at least I overlooked. Uh, we can talk about Phil Foden, who you were you were on early. Um, although I guess I had Foden, you had Matoma, so you and I can both um, we 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 both got you're one. Coming, and, you're coming and out ahead one. there at the moment. Yeah, that's true. I'm a little ahead at the moment, uh, but I, you know, I guess the question is, why did we overlook them, and do we feel differently now? And again, if you're You've got two transfers this week or one, or you're looking to maybe possibly wildcard. These are some of the players that you may want to consider, right? I mean, what, what do you do when you wildcard? You look at, you you should, you should look at fixtures of course, and what's, what's ahead, but also let's look at top performers. Are there, are there four and 4.5 million defenders who are coming good? I mean, right now we have two starting 4 million goalkeepers. Um, One of them got a pen save today. So probably are, are somewhat semi-artificially inflates his numbers a little bit. Um, do you think Enzo is still on pens after that? I actually thought it was a pretty good pen. It's a good, it's a good pen save. It wasn't bad. I don't think there was much conviction in that pen for okay. me yeah. uh, personally. And, you know, they, they say this always in the commentary, like that was a good height for the keeper. The yeah. last place you want to put it is basically like right where the keeper can, can reach it. So exactly. I'm not That's willing true. to give Ariola that much credit. Uh, I mean, hard to say, but you see the England pen save, by the way, in the women's world cup, I, I I missed it. And I haven't watched any of the highlights. Yeah. Commiserations to all of our, uh, English listeners and, uh, celebrations to our Spanish listeners. There you go. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I play both sides. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. And so is, uh, you know, miss one pen. That's, that's just going to happen. Uh, um, it's going to happen to to most pen takers in the league, you know, because there's a lot of terrible pen takers. It's happened to Salah. Yeah. Do we do we call now? Do we have to call Mo Salah ter- a terrible pen taker now? He's missed three in a row. Uh yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, He's up there good. with Watkins and Mitrovic, and uh, you yeah. know, we don't have Mitrovic to kick around anymore. Yeah, but, nor, nor, no, I, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's just bad psychologically. If if Pochettino turns to Enzo and says, "Well, you missed one. On to the next." Uh, that's true enzo has got to be uh being groomed to be the leader the future captain of that team he's quarterbacking them right now he looks phenomenal that team clearly needs a real leader uh and it helps i think to have that leader be in the middle of the pitch so uh you know i'm into captain logistics here so um i think that i think that works i think enzo still still takes the pens yeah, five and, million. And, and, so you know, well, I was about to say, I, I, the price isn't bad. I mean, he's a slightly expensive fifth mid, depending on how your how your squad is set up. But not not a bad pick. I mm-hmm. think that, um, especially yeah, like you said, if he stays on pens, um, and I, I agree that he's playing really well. What do you think about? I guess we'll, we'll just get into this now. What do you think about Raheem Sterling? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I thought he was better in the uh, better in this match than he was in the uh, in the Liverpool match, and obviously Sterling has his his stands and people who um, it's a little bit like Mesut Ozil where it's like you actually you kind of know when Raheem Sterling's having a frustrating match because people like leap to Twitter to explain 
why if what? you don't think he's playing well you don't yeah. understand football or whatever sure. but like you know it's like these incredible runs he had one he had one absolutely spectacular run that um that jackson basically whiffed on uh in in the match and then, then it felt it. it it was annoying and then it fell to Chilwell who I thought <laughs> yeah. kind of gently rolled it in. It was like way too, like he, I felt like he really could have scored there. I remember kind of that sequence. It. Cause it was like, Oh man, as a Jackson on here, like, dang, I wish you would have connected with that. And then yeah. surprise, it rolls to a player who's going to get more points. <laughs> unmarked. So, unmarked. A wonderful yeah. consolation. <laughs> and then, yeah, he, he didn't really put yeah. a lot, lot behind it. Yeah. I think Sterling, my take on Sterling prior to the season was this man is washed. Uh, watching the Liverpool na- uh, match, my feelings weren't changed, but I, I thought he did play better uh, today. Too. Yeah, um, and but his runs just weren't productive. He has yeah. like Anthony Robinson levels of crossing ability these days. He's either ballooning the cross over yeah. the six yard box. He 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 lacks the control that he had five years ago and is going to dribble it into touch. You, you wonder if his confidence is a little low or something like that. It's like, he's not like in, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to get like into psychology corner here too much, but it's just like, it, it feels like he's not like in flow, but his, the runs are good. And so I think that that's encouraging. I think if you're a Chelsea supporter or if you're, I guess, well, honestly, I mean, as someone who has Nicholas Jackson, I want Sterling to be at his absolute best, right? Like that's probably going to draw defenders. Uh, in theory, it'll, in theory, if he he's going to beat these defenders sometimes and get crosses like the one that he, that Jackson nearly connected with. Um, yeah, it's a real sliding doors moment because um, yeah. if he scored, it's just the way that match shook out, kind of strange. It was kind of a strange one, right? I felt like Chelsea were actually pretty, in control of that match, um, at least at times. And then, um, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you can just credit West Ham for a really strong counterattacking performance. I thought West uh, Ham out hustled them. I think West yeah. Ham were quicker to the balls. They were just played a more muscular game. They did have to play on the counter, but even when they went down to 10 men, they still seemed like the stronger team. And, and that is, yeah. I think, exposing the huge flaw in Chelsea right now is none of these players n- know each other. Sterling yeah. is probably uh, putting in balls, bad balls into the 18 or 6 box because he just doesn't know where anybody's going to be because there's yeah. no chemistry of any yeah. kind with this the team loss of, right now. The loss of Nkuku, uh, I, I sort of waved the Nkuku thing away just a little bit because I was like, well, he wasn't even really part of the... You know, I mean, he, he just played in the summer. It wasn't like this is a a long, the long, the long beating heart of Chelsea or something like that, right? It's like he had just joined, but I really think they are missing in Cuckoo as kind of a, a focal point for for that attack. And like you said, maybe maybe Enzo Fernandez fills in a little bit there. But I think fantasy wise, I, I was really considering going with a third. Um, a third Chelsea player for this Lutonton match. And I was looking at um, possibly getting Malo Gusto as sort of a speculative punt. Like even if they bring in somebody to replace Reese James, uh, like spend, you know, spend some money to bring somebody in. I was just like, well, they're not going to, I could certainly get to the next couple of fixtures uh, with, with someone like Malo Gusto. But now I'm just, I'm just slightly concerned that because of that, like lack of cohesion that you're talking about, that they might just end up conceding a cheap goal or two in the next couple of matches. And um, and so it, it makes me, Robert Sanchez the, the idea, looked pretty bad today. Yeah, too. I know there's <laughs> another, and there's another keeper they're looking at now too. So he kind of is off the table, I think, but, um, it's just, it's hard for me to watch 
this match today and maybe I'm just there's too much reasons to buy this and they were away or whatever, but like, it's hard for me to think, Oh yeah, I want to be doubled up on this defense. Um, that's just not how I'm no. feeling at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think we just have to, you put your chips in with, I think with the two, I feel like the right strategy is still Chilwell and Jackson. You get the farthest guy forward along with the best player. Yeah. And I the early sub for truly bizarre sub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was a weird sub too. I, I, I don't think it helped either. So maybe, maybe that's encouraging. Maybe you wonder if Chilwell was nursing an injury or something. Like Mudrick, that. Mudrick is yeah. uh, that he ain't it. It's not, that's not happening. So, but Mudrick was already on the pitch, right? Mudrick was on for Chuamenka. So, the when when Chilwell got subbed, wasn't it for um, Casado? Wasn't like it was? Yeah, but I, I, yes, yeah. yeah, you're not wrong. I think though the the logic would be I'm gonna basically Mudrick is gonna not share the left side of the pitch with anybody. Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Uh, yeah. So you're gonna put all your creative faith on the left side of the pitch in Mudrick and. Um, I mean, maybe Chilwell just refuses to play with him. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Malagusto uh, finished with a. Uh, I do like Brennan that I can now quickly. I mean, I know you can, you, you you could always go to FB Ref to get the stats, but it is nice that you can open up the fantasy page now and they have the XG and XA stats just right there for you. Uh, so just you know, Malagusto had a point zero five XA and a uh, ooh point one. XG X no oh no wait no wait no but zero five XG point zero five I gotta learn how to read these stats in this page uh zero five XG zero five XA uh point one X goal involvement Brandon so you know okay multiply that multiply that by ten and you're looking at a goal so hey over the course of ten weeks we might get something out you know out of uh, out of Mister uh, I think Mr. it was so, uh, let's see Ryan O'Hanlon who used to write for Grantland uh, soccer guy. Uh, yep. He had this tweet of like, well, if you amortize this West Ham result for Chelsea, the score is actually 0.00001 to 0.00003. So it's not that bad when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always a way. And uh, I, I, it's sort of funny, the, the glee I feel like some people take in, in relying almost purely on XG and XA as a, I, I mean, I, I do find it useful. I don't want to sound like I'm some, you know, uh, anti- and I mean, we we've had people on this season on the pod, right? We had our we had our friend Elevenify on the pod to, to chat with us, but um, it is sort of funny the way it, there, there seems there's almost a feeling sometimes like I don't care about my fantasy points. I just want my my players to have good underlying stats. And I'm I'm like I think you can have room there. There's room for both. You know, you can you can you can enjoy the underlying stats and well, be annoyed when uh, they're yeah, they're they're know. tied together. I, I don't understand. They're they're tied together. Well, they, are, they are tied together, but the people who are absolutely leaping to explain how ludicrous it would be to drop <laughs> Bruno Fernandez ahead of this Forest match, as if we weren't watching these matches with our own eyes yeah. and seeing how un, like the, the, how unstructured and and sort yeah. of this attack does not look good. It is hard. Like you know, if I have you know twenty percent of my team, like my 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 like. My hundred million starting value, like a little less than that, right? Seventeen percent is tied up in two players that aren't delivering. Fixers don't solve everything. I, I you know, I mean, they solve a lot, but um, I think it is reasonable to be like, man, they look bad, and I just want players who are like in really good form that also have good fixtures right now. I don't think that's like a crazy yeah. stance. 
That is the Dusan Tadich rule when Tadich was at, uh, was it Southampton? I yeah, think it's like 10, right. 11 years ago now. Everyone was always waiting for the perfect fixture run for Dusan Tadich because his numbers yeah. were always off the charts. And yeah. sure enough, you'd bring him into your fantasy team and you just wouldn't produce. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's a little different when you're talking about Southampton 10 years ago versus uh, yeah. You know, a top four team in, in the Premier League. When you're following those XAXG numbers, you expect them to come good at some yeah. point. I do think yeah. to be favorable about Manchester United, they had a horrible start last season as well. And Ten Hag figured it out with effectively the same players plus Vout Veghorst. Um, so I don't know. He'll he'll figure it out. <laughs> I'm probably going to keep them both, but I I just think there's a there's a, a very reasonable argument, especially if you have two of them, a very reasonable argument to just say, yeah, go ahead and drop one and get him Bomo, right? <laughs> or or get Phil Foden. And let's I keep teasing this Foden conversation. I don't I don't even have that much Foden material here. I don't know why I'm teasing this for so long. I don't, I don't have nothing to say except except I was really impressed by how well he played in that Man City Newcastle match and he could have had a gigantic score, right? Like he could have been in like the twenties or something like that. If all of the chances that he was involved in turned into Holland goals. Holland had so, two, two balls yeah. served up on silver platters. It's true. Yeah. So you have, you have Foden. Yeah. I, I, he's an overlooker for me. I overlooked him. Uh, so you must be feeling pretty good about having him now, right? They play away to Sheffield United and game week three. Um, yeah. What's, what are your thoughts? I'm not going to claim, Foden? I'm not going to be, claim to be smart on this one because I have Foden in my team because of the game week one deadline leak. Okay. Foden Uh is confirmed to start. I will take him as a punt for game week one against Burnley. And then I assume he's going to be a rotation headache from that point forward. Uh, He then plays in Athens in the super cup final an entire 90 minutes, which is furthers my headache and, (laughs) <laughs> then yep. then there is the KDB injury. And how is this going to, we talked about this last week, how is this going to impact Alvarez? How is this going to impact Foden? What I learned watching that Newcastle match was Foden is doing in this city with a city team without De Bruyne, what he did in the Champions League final against Inter, where he has come in to fill that playmaker role. And then Alvarez yeah. is kind of buzzing around and, Holland is the target man. And Foden in that Newcastle match was relishing this leadership midfield general role. This is in, in a positive way that you did not yeah. see somebody like Bruno Fernandez relish. And anything that you as a coach would want to look for in a performance like that, that Foden delivered. He was creating chances uh, for his teammates. He was pressing. He was running back he was doing all of the things he needed to do with gusto josh yeah so that that's like Malo gusto. X, X, yeah. X gusto was uh on another level for foden and i think that that's going to just be really important you know we talked about how city without uh bernardo silva they don't have a right winger properly mm-hmm. and yep. alvarez is just alvarez and foden are kind of just sort of like freestyling sometimes Mm -hmm. in that area of the pitch. But um, it's just super important. I think that Alvarez and Foden are both playing well for this team to tick along. So I think 
Foden goes from uh, rotation headache and kind of a gamble. I think after that Newcastle match, he is now a, you should really consider him as a really affordable value asset to get into the top yeah. team. In One million cheaper. 7.5. Yeah. One million cheaper than Bruno, 1.5 million cheaper than Rashford. So it's definitely, you know, definitely some temptation there. I am really strongly looking at Alvarez this week. So kind of, kind of a similar, I mean, you, you did mention Alvarez a little bit too, but I think Alvarez mm-hmm. is a similar, in a similar position. And it's sort of just partially, honestly, it is because I have two transfers and I, I don't really want to let one go to waste. Uh, but I mean, Alvarez is 6.5 million. I feel like he's pretty locked into that team as well right now, um, given given some of the injuries and uh, how he's played, honestly, so far too. Um, so I'd free up 1.5 million to bring in Alvarez, which is kind of crazy that you can get this guy for for that cheap, right? Uh, and then you look at the run ahead for, for Man City and it's pretty much... It's terrific. I mean, they have a, just a terrific start of the season, right? Especially once you once you look past that Newcastle match, Sheffield away in game week three, Fulham at home in game week four. Uh, one of our um, uh, somebody, our friend Andrew, said that Fulham had um, the worst X goals allowed of any team in the Premier League so far. So uh, certainly, you'd expect uh, some chances for for uh, Man City. It's two in games, that, in Andrew. That, yeah. It is two games. I know. Yeah, that's true. Your brain is a Fulham supporter, but still, you have to admit, it's, wait, not, it's not ideal. Fulham yeah. looked uh, looked awful against Brentford. We, well, yeah. we won't let them get away with that. So, fair point. Yeah, and they, they did concede a lot of shots to Everton, but it, it's, it, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. Uh, but then, so Fulham at home, West Ham away, and certainly you'd expect goals in that match. Forest at home in game week six, Wolves away in game week seven. So, even if things start to stabilize a little bit in that Man City team. Obviously, the Champions League will start. We'll start to see some more rotation. Just as a speculative punt, to get a second Man City attacker for $6 million, obviously, you know, you've already got um, you've already got one, right? But I only have I only have yeah. the one right now. And so I've got this, got these transfers burning a hole in my pocket. Brandon. I want to <laughs> use them. So that's, yeah, that's where I, I am I right think, now. I think going triple for, in my case, uh, and, and getting Alvarez in for Watkins and then going into Chef U, You've mm-hmm. got Alvarez, Foden, and Holland, and hopefully it's a you know they actually score some goals this time. So you're looking at you're looking at Alvarez too, as a very much so. Move. I mean, my my moves would be uh, Watkins out for either Wissa or Alvarez. But okay. I, yep. I, I I guess I'd lean I'd lean Alvarez just because I think Brent, Brentford have some trickier. Fixtures. I don't think. I mean, I think Fl- uh, Brentford have played really well uh, the first two matches. Yeah, and I you mean, can't after, say that the fixtures really flattered them because yeah. Spurs is Spurs is not an easy match for them, yeah. and they they acquitted themselves really well. Uh, I'm going to wait till Nicholas Jackson's next one pointer in game week three, and then I'll strongly sure. consider. Yeah, uh, have to wait yeah, this will be at like 6.5 million by then, but I, I still might might consider it at that point. Um, all right, so we talked about, uh, yeah, and Bomo's played really well. He's on, he's on pens. Just another reminder of how important it is to be on pens. What a great tiebreaker that is for for players, right? It's just such a, such a I mean, he's playing obviously like very far forward. He's playing as an attacker. He's getting tons of minutes, and he's on pens. It's sort of like every reason to recommend and Bomo. It's just like he's like the most, yeah. he's such a sure thing. I, to me, him, him more than anybody, it's like he almost inspired this podcast, right? It's like that he was just he was kind of sitting there as just like a really obvious pick. And I think sometimes 
the trap that I think I fall into sometimes at the start of the season was I, I really liked him, Bomo, um, but it was like, well, I can afford, I can afford Rashford and Bruno. So I should just do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, even though I maybe would have been better to diversify a little bit and have him Bomo and just have like 3 million in my bench going into the season or, you know, in my, in my bank, I should say, it's just so hard to do that. Right. It's like, you feel like you're mm-hmm. leaving value on the table or something like that. If you don't. Well, also don't we believe that Manchester United, we're going to, Start that's true. That's true. We shouldn't be like total, yeah. total hindsight merchants here. But I, I but regardless, I, th- I think we've already talked about his 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 praise. You know, we've sung his praises a little bit. But I just think that you know, good fixtures, on pens, plays a ton of minutes is kind of the crucial attacking cog in in that Brentford team. And Brentford are just it, it was just another reminder, right? That like they are just so solidly built. You know, mm-hmm. well well managed. They buy well. They are. Um, they they play well. I mean, they play really tight. I mean, it's already looking like um, their their keeper might be the one <laughs> the, the four point five guitar. It's just like a lot of different. Um, it's I don't know. It's just I guess it's also a reminder that like preseason can be a little deceptive in terms of our assessment of of, of players and value. I mean, Nicholas Jackson was banging them in in preseason. Generally, I wouldn't uh, look at a at a player who moved from another league right this early on in the season. It's just like it's it's come back to haunt us all time and again. But then you're like, well. He scored four in a preseason. You know, it's like you sort of. Uh, it's it's hard not to yeah. overrate uh, the preseason a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, who else? Let's see. We. What do you think about Luis Diaz? And this sort of a, just a thought on Liverpool in general is Mo Salah now. It's uh, you know a five pointer at home. I mean, a lot of people who captained him. I suppose they did outscore. Um, um, they did outscore us, Holland captainers. So you know, there, there's that at least. But yeah, yeah. I think Liverpool showed okay, I can walk in through the back door into this this argument. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh the proof this weekend was there is no value in spending twelve and a half million for Mo Salah when you can either have Luis Diaz or Diogo Jota. Doesn't yeah. matter which one. And if you're paying if you're paying the premium for Salah, you know, he can't he will lose you points on pens. Every time you get a pen, you're having the the opposite <laughs> so, impact you hope to have. It's so bizarre. Uh, you're losing points. Yeah. yeah. And uh Diaz is what you know, he'll look like this last season at the start of the season before he got injured. He's just he's he's a crazy person. He's a crazy baller. And yeah. the improvisation that he showed uh with that goal this weekend was uh I love it. And I think yeah. he beautiful goal. De- yeah, he's got that hunger, determination, and that look in his eye where Diogo Jota is maybe a little bit more of a, a technician. Uh, so you like think he's he, you think he's got that dog in him, Luis Diaz? Would you go that far? Yeah. Now we can enter into our native ad read for the hit movie Strays. Uh, so this <laughs> this week, Strays got that dog in him is Luis Diaz. Go see the movie uh, Strays. Yeah, I guess he would be like. I like him. They play away to Newcastle in game week three. So it's, it's probably a, like another one week hold, but I, I, I like the way he's played so far. I do think he looks good. Um, I think that it's, uh, he would, he would be maybe third or fourth on my, on my midfield transfer list. Here's another one. Okay. We didn't talk about this guy. We talked about, Wait, can, can we, we talked I about just want to, yeah. I want to, I want to put, I want to poke at that one a little bit more. Why is Luis Diaz that far down the picking order for you? Is it, is it fixtures? Is it you've got concerns about the Liverpool team? I guess I still have concerns with the Liverpool team. There's still a lot of people who can score in that team. 
right? So mm-hmm. it's sort of so feeling still that the goals might be spread around different sure. different options. I mean, and Salah hasn't been off to the greatest start of the season, so I assume he's going to start to get really goal crazy the way he does and take the ball off people and you know it's like all the things that make a great fantasy asset yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I agree i agree with those points i just didn't want to leave that one on on the table so totally yeah and i, I think honestly part of it is just i i like foden a little bit more um as as an option because i think their team is better and i think I, for all the reasons you've sort of uh, articulated um i think in bomo is better for all the reasons we've also talked about, and he's cheaper. He's a million cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I guess he'd be like third on my list of players to target. But the other player I think we have to talk about, because this poor guy has was was great last season, and we neglected him. So off to another great start this season. We kind of neglected him again. Sally March, three goals in two matches. Super cheap. Uh, I mean, I'm not super. I mean, he's fairly cheap. He's 6.5 million. Um at what point do we have to actually consider selling March as a, as a player in a squad? Why do we keep yeah. overlooking him? Is it just that he is just because his role just changed so much and deserving. We just can't quite get used to it. I feel like that's my problem at least. Well, I'll give us credit. He was injured coming out of the summer. So we weren't quite sure how much he'd factor into the starting lineup and what kind of form he'd be in. Lo and behold, he's in exactly the same form he was at his, his peak under Deserby last season. So yeah. um, I think that the fact that we're not ignoring him now is 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 a credit to us. That's true. Gosh. We deserve a lot of credit for saying his name on the pod. So yeah. let's let's move on. Sorry, March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we talked about forwards. We talked about Alvarez a little bit. I think Isak. You know, I, I think. Again, we're looking at a two-week sample here, but I think this is—I think it's okay to start evaluating players you might have overlooked a little bit, right? And I think that I think that Isak falls in that category a little bit for me, where I certainly rate him very highly as a footballer. I was a little anxious about his starting place and where he might play, and I'm feeling pretty confident now that he is. That it, like, it feels like how is really going to try to make a go of it. I mean, maybe maybe this changes a little bit when the Champions League starts, but that may not change in a way that hurts him, right? Like it may be that Callum Wilson is the Champions League starter, and and Isak is. This has happened with Sergio Aguero a few years ago, where there's always some concern about whether Aguero was going to be starting or rotating for the Champions League, and it sort of he became like the de facto Premier League forward. And it was like Gabriel Jesus was starting all these Champions League matches and Aguero was starting. It's kind of the dream scenario, right? He became the, and so we could, we could possibly, I mean, again, it's speculative, but we could possibly see that with Isak this year where he's sort of the, the go-to in the Premier League. Um, Cause obviously how does have two great forwards. It seems like he's decided not to, in fact, I, I think I can say pretty confidently that it looks like he's not going to do that. Right. Because um, they, not only do they have, um, well, they brought in Harvey Barnes, right? Who sort of plays the exact spot where you would, in theory, play Isak if you're playing both them together, right? Mm-hmm. So you have you have Harvey Barnes and you have Anthony Gordon, and you know both of them have been off to you know pretty pretty good starts. And so I think that um, I don't know, I you know I mean I, I, maybe Gordon was better in the first match than the second one, but of course no one looks great away to Man City, right? So it's kind of yeah. hard to 
evaluate those. So I, I think Isak only 7.6 million. So again, another option for, uh, for a move, if you were looking, you know, for, if Alvarez didn't appeal or maybe you already have Alvarez in your squad or, or something, I don't know, whatever, if you just want to be a little bit different, I think that Isak is, is up there too. He's sort of, he's in that weird category where he's, his overall ownership is creeping up a little bit, but sort of, it feels like in our little, our mini league circles, it doesn't feel like he's still very highly owned. Right. And so there's yeah. sort of this kind of a little bit of a clash that we're seeing right now in terms of who, who has him in their squad. It goes back to the wild card discussion, and I think maybe if you can hold on till game week six, game week six is when the fixtures really do turn great for Newcastle. In the next three, yeah. they have Liverpool, Brighton, and Brentford, all yeah. relatively sturdy teams. But, of course, Isaac could score against any of them. But starting in yeah. game week six, it's Sheffield United, Burnley, West Ham, Palace. So I... I think remaking our teams in uh, in the mold of Eddie Howe come game week six or, or thereafter is something yeah. worth hanging on for. Yeah, that yeah, that, that's a good point. There's there's a couple of teams that have some changes in fortunes, and that's uh, yeah, a good time to change things around a little bit. I think. Um, by the way, I, we should have thrown you know James Madison probably should be in that midfield conversation as well. It's just that he's got a, a injury doubt now, right? So it's kind of hard to. I don't want to go in here and big up him only to find out that he's out for the next four weeks or whatever. So let's, let's see where we are with Madison uh, I mean, later on this week. Yeah. He's, he's knocked with an ankle injury, ankle injuries. Uh, I mean, I guess you got rid of Harry Kane's ankle injuries. So you got to bring in another English player uh, with <laughs> yep. ankle injuries is the circle yep. of life. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You start wearing those sketchers, Josh, and you'll avoid ankle injuries for good. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Kane got, I think he got an assist in his, in this, in this first start. Right. But I scored a goal. Score? Oh, he scored he two. Got okay. An assist okay. and a goal. Yep. Okay. Got it. Well, good for, good for, good for, good for Kane. I am sort of following, I don't know why I mean, I'm not even English, but there is part of me that's like, I do want to see him succeed at Bayern. I'm sort of kind of me too. There. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, one final thing, players we've overlooked, I think, Defense, probably too early to make any real pronouncements here. I would say, yeah, if you don't have a stupid on, I mean, he's still only at 58.8% ownership. Uh, his price is up to, Just but still, I mean, that means 42% don't have, or 41% don't have him. And uh, he's he's really off to a terrific start. He's just, he's, his attacking instincts are um, fantastic. And I think even, even with that price rise, I would definitely, if I didn't have him already, be looking to, to bring him in. Um, good gaming three fixture too, home to West Ham. Yeah, and uh, Udagi had some incredible attacking moments for Spurs against Manchester United. So Udagi starting to get more shine as the Spurs team gels and takes yeah. shape. I mean, credit to Ange. Win for them. You know, it, yeah. Teams that need to gel quickly, Chelsea could take a, a real lesson from from Ange immediately betting Madison and players like Udagi in there. Yep. Richarlison not faring that well. Uh, there's not- a reason why... Him. Yeah, not not his best start. What a miserable um, player uh, he is. If I can be, <laughs> if I can be frank with you, Josh. You're always frank when it comes to Richarlison. You've never uh, yeah. you never hid your feelings, and uh, yeah. I, I like that about you. I mean, um, uh, our, we we we. Uh, I I don't know if Rico Henry is a player we haven't considered because you know we did talk about him a fair bit during the preseason. On the defender pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, Flecken, yeah, being a 4.5 goalkeeper that you might want to consider, you know, word to the wise, don't spend a transfer on your goalkeeper if you if you don't have to. And Rico Henry would be a great replacement for any 
4.5 defender that you're not that thrilled with, I think. Yeah. It is not fun to have Jordan Pickford right now, though. I'll tell you that much, Brandon. Not, I'm not, not enjoying that experience at all. It's very tempting to go sideways to, to Fleck, yeah. and I don't think I don't think I'm going to do it, but I might. I'm, I'm holding you, out the possibility. We, I think it was you or some friend of ours was telling us this joke about when you go to like a county fair or a local amusement park ride. Don't mm-hmm. ever get on a ride slash roller coaster in which you can see the power cable. Or you can see yes. where it's plugged <laughs> I in. Was telling you. Yes, I was telling you that. Yes. So uh, that to me feels like the Jordan Pickford experience is like getting on a carnival ride in which yes. you can see all the moving parts and you don't know if it's going to fly off of its yeah. its motor at any point. <laughs> feels like he's going to have a heart attack. He's so, he's so, he plays so angry. It's a, it's a stressful experience watching him play too. I, all right, well, let's take a break, and I want to talk about Game Week 3, so let's do a, a clean reset here and look ahead to Game Week 3, which kicks off on Friday, Brian, with that Chelsea-Luton match. All right, Brian, we're back. Game Week 3 kicks off on Friday with the Chelsea-Luton match, a match where suddenly I don't really know. I don't know what we're getting. I don't know I don't know what. I, I assume Chelsea will win, I but it's like, do you know anything about Luton? I feel, I feel as, as in the weeds just i don't know missing that game week too it just feels like i'm like i need like another restart with luton yeah well watching them against brighton the opening weekend of the season we did kind of get some insight there and that's true yeah they're not good uh they've got a lot of strange looking players who look like they you know got called up for they got conscripted into playing for (laughs) For Luton, for like I like the, Carlton. The local. Carl, Carlton Morris looks cool. He's like he's a he's a giant. He, like, he looks like he's about six five. He's, he's massive. Sure, there there yeah. Some of them are weirder looking than than others. Uh, but yeah, I'm not I, I'm not expecting anything from Luton. No one is, Josh. I'm telling yeah. you that you're not expecting anything from Luton. Just trust no. me. No, I think I think that's right. Uh, but I, I guess yeah. So. I think Jackson is a very, very reasonable transfer just as a speculative bet, like just, just to kind of go for it. I can, I can, I do think you could just try to fade this match too. If you didn't have Jackson, I don't think that's sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if I didn't have Jackson and I, and I had like a hole to fill, right? Like maybe I'm just like, I'm freaked out about Shaw Pedro, him not playing anymore. Um, or I shouldn't say anymore, but him not starting the, the game week two match probably starts game week three, but there's a little, it's, it's like, it's like my situation with, with, with Gabriel now where I'm like, well, yeah. probably starts tomorrow. You know, we'll see. Um, but I, I think I'd be really tempted to just go to Alvarez instead. And I mean, they play Sheffield yeah. United. It's not like they're playing, you know, a way to, man united or something like that like it's 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 not it's arguably as good a fixture as the luton match right so i i think it's reasonable to just ignore jackson yeah and i think the problem with this chelsea luton match is you'll get into discussions of how bad are luton and you're avoiding the real conversation of how good are chelsea and right we still have lots of question marks about that you don't have questions about man city I mean, you could right. you could have some friendly debates about captaining Holland or not. Uh, sure, I won't. You won't catch me having them. But this is this is a true gift of a game week for you and me, Josh, because we have faded both Newcastle and Liverpool to start the season, so they cancel yeah. each other out with the final 
fixture on Sunday. So we don't have to yep. worry about Liverpool, Newcastle in theory. Hopefully that <laughs> yeah, match doesn't finish like four or four. That, that would be miserable. Yeah. yeah that's true. But it really is. It's it's City have a great fixture. United have a great fixture. Arsenal have a great fixture. Spurs have a great fixture. Brighton. I don't know. I'm really jumping all around the fixtures here. But what do you think about this Brighton West Ham match more specifically? I think we've seen some pretty good stuff from West Ham the first two weeks of the season. I think so, too. But I, I just don't see any reason to think that they're not going to keep conceding goals. You know, I think that's that's really. And so I, I if, if, if and I also I just I mean, to me, I guess it's you're right. Like, but it's, it's like the Chelsea thing. Like, I feel like I don't know how good Chelsea is. But I do feel like I know how good Brighton is. Like I feel mm-hmm. very confident in saying that Brighton mm-hmm. are terrific. And I, I guess that would matter to me more than the the West Ham part of it, right? Just because it's a home match for Brighton. They're they're in really good form at the moment. Um they uh yeah, so I mean I, I guess I feel I, I you know, I mean I guess Matoma is a player who isn't like super highly owned. I, I we didn't talk about him just because I have him in my squad already, but um what I thought yeah, we saw some really great goals on, on Saturday, I mean, right? Forty forty one percent owned. I'd okay. say that's pretty yeah, high. Pretty, yeah, he could we couldn't call him an overlooked player, <laughs> could we? But but still, you know, it's it's uh is is that what he is? He's forty one percent owned. Forty point eight. Man, it is it is crazy the ownership levels of some of these players. Um, but yeah, I think that he's. I mean, is he in your thoughts at all, Brandon, as a possible transfer target? Yeah, the concern he'd have to come in for a Manchester United mid, and so mm-hmm. this is like real FPL gut check time. Of yeah, are you willing to? Like all signs point to yes, dump one of these two Manchester United <laughs> guys for for Matoma, who's absolutely <laughs> cooking on a yeah. team that is absolutely cooking, and then suddenly I feel like I'm playing a game of Russian roulette or something. It's insane. I know. So um, I, know. I need to get over that. But uh, Matoma's yeah, his solo goal, a uh, solo bolo goal with a hilarious fantasy assist from a Stupinon. I love um, it. It was Classic it was a thing assist. of it was a thing of beauty. All theories about wolves being okay uh, obliterated in a heartbeat. <laughs> they had those like first twenty minutes. We were like, dang, like they're <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they they have had some good moments too. I mean, they, they're just not they're, they're, they're like they just can't seem to find that. I mean, I guess they did finally score uh, late in that match. I I think I I mean you know we can't like big up him really because he hasn't scored yet. But I, I do think that Matthias Cunha has looked good so far mm-hmm. for Wolves. I mean, he's had sure. some, some really good moments and mm-hmm. um, there might come a time and they play. Yeah. It'll be interesting. They play away to Everton away to palace. It's, they don't really have, listen, uh, let's, let's not get into Wolves chat here, Brandon. That's, that's, that, that is, that, that is a road that podcasters dare not go down for an extended period of time. Unless we, let, unless, we lose, unless we lose the audience forever. So um, yeah, so we've got, we got, like you said, a lot of really interesting matches. I think Arsenal Fulham, that should be really interesting just because, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe we should table it because Arsenal will have played or will be playing that day when people listen to this, this pod. But, um, I, I'll read off the full, um, quote here from Andrew Sigal. It says after two weeks, uh, Fulham have the worst XGA of any team in the premier league. They play Arsenal and city in their next two games. Would you load up on these guys, Foden, Martinelli, et cetera, over the more trendy pick of getting someone like Jackson in versus Luton? So I guess we've kind of talked about this a little bit already, but I mean, Fulham is now without Tim Ream. Um, are you, how concerned are you right now about your cottagers? 
They, I think, were thrown by a real loop with the whole Mitro saga because he really is such a talisman for that team. And I don't know. I think the club handled it pretty well. Like they weren't going to sell Mitro for anything less than what they valued him to Saudi Arabia. Uh, But it's just it's upsetting. And I I think Fulham are still kind of in their, you know, nascent sort of we're new to the Premier League finally figuring it out this time around sort of status losing Tim Ream. I don't know. Basie, this new center back who uh, they signed in the summer. He's decent. Uh, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but Tim Ream is, he's the captain. They're just losing a lot of the spine of the team from Mitro. Paulina is at least back. Paulina is, you know, their star midfielder. He was, he came off the bench against Brentford. I don't know. I don't have a lot to say. Fulham are in trouble. They, I think they will struggle to score goals all season. But yeah. I do think that they have, they still have enough of the core squad from last season. Unless we forget, they finished in tenth. They were perfectly equipped to yeah. they won their know, first avoid game. any relegation yeah. conversation. I think totally. they're basically going to be in a battle for sixteenth place. If I had to guess. They will probably never be mentioned on Always Cheating after this week. It does not. It, yeah, you're right. Does not feel like they're super fantasy relevant at the moment. Uh, does not also feel like they're going to be going down. I mean, given some of the other squads, it's hard to imagine them being one of the three worst. I just I just cannot see that. So many, uh, so many bad teams at the moment. Yeah. yeah. I think Everton have got to be concerned, right? That, that is a really... Yeah. they're just there's nothing happening going forward for them what, I think that's really what which did dominant calvert lewin run over that now yeah. he's out with a broken cheek forever <laughs> so bad <laughs> that's a crazy yeah that's a crazy place to get to, to, how did he break it do we know was it like a, yeah a he, train he got into a, a collision with um with emmy martinez Okay. They were okay. going That's, for a 50 okay. 50 ball. I think the commentary rightfully said that Calvert Lewin should know to just pull out of a challenge like that. Especially he when he had been so, so widely injured. Yeah, when you're but, like yeah. Mr. Glass. So, okay. um, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think he escaped. I don't think Calvert Lewin escapes blame for what's been going on with his career the last few years. <laughs> Fair enough. And a lot of fashion spreads too. Never good. I feel like if you're going to do the fashion spreads, it's, it's fine. Take that bag, you know, take like, t- take them, take the money when you can get it. But people will talk if you then like basically don't play for two yep. years. Yep. So, um, all right. Well there, there's, so I think it's, uh, I think, yeah, like you said, lots of, lots of really fun fantasy fixtures this weekend talked about Bruno and Rashford already. I guess I'm, I'm leaning towards a reluctant hold. Um, I would say in general that, yes, I think there's a lot. When I look at game week three, I see a lot of focus on this Chelsea Luton match and probably not enough focus on Man City, Sheffield United. And it kind of feels like they're going to score like seven goals in that match. (laughs) And uh, we should probably be focused on that. And it's a Sunday match. Who doesn't love to have a, a big Sunday fixture, right? You, you get through the, the the meat of of the fantasy, you know, the meat of the game week, and then yeah. boom, final day, you've got your own little window to, to watch and root for your team. Okay, let me ask you this. Yeah. Vice captaincy. Uh, Nicholas Jackson, mm-hmm. uh, Julian, Julian, Julian Alvarez, mm-hmm. um, or Marcus Rashford? 
or so- or Sokka. That's what I was gonna say. The fact that I don't want any of those three and I lean towards Sokka probably yeah. tells you I need to know about about how I'm feeling about Nicholas Jackson right now. It's it's fine. It's great that the underlying stats are good. I have watched the first two Chelsea matches and I am not blown away <laughs> by by what I'm seeing. It just just does stats not look lie. cohesive. Stats yeah, and lie. exactly. And it's not it's not that like it, it's not that they're. Um, it's not that he doesn't have moments where he looks good, but it just doesn't feel like, oh my God, it's absolutely, I, I don't, I don't just don't feel like I've come out of either one of those matches thinking, my God, I, Nicholas Jackson should be on four goals right now. And I've definitely had that feeling before about players who've had strong XG stats, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, most solid have, this happens to him all the time, right? Where he's in these dominant matches and it just, it just doesn't quite work, right? It's a breakaway and he side foots it and it misses the goal by four inches or you know or whatever these kind of yeah. things happen I mean, think yeah. of a moment any moment in which nicholas jackson brought the ball under his spell uh, yeah yeah exactly any, g- give me one moment uh that wasn't like an off the ball moment yeah exactly and, and, and even as a as a forward and like, maybe a more traditional central striker it just doesn't feel like he's sort of leading the line i don't know so anyway i so i, I think he's like I mean, I'm certainly starting him, and um, and I, I don't, again, I don't even think he's a bad transfer, but I'm just not. I'm feeling a little unsure about what we're going to get from Chelsea out of that match, and so um, I'm really making. I, I actually didn't expect to go into this podcast planning to make such a strong case for Julian Alvarez uh, over Nicholas Jackson, but I guess I just I just got a little spooked by this West Ham performance today. Kind of, um, I don't know. I mean, West Ham, they can be a, it can be a tough place to play. I don't I don't want to diminish them, but it's just just makes me a little worried about what we're going to get. And, um, and maybe the fact that Luton is still a little bit of an X factor too. just like, what, what are they like? What are they going to try to do? They've had two weeks to prepare for this match. What, what kind of game plan are they going to come up with? I mean, surely their goal is not, we're going to go toe to toe with them and try to outscore them five, four. Right. I assume, I assume yeah. that they're going to, the, the, the formation is going to be quite defensive. And so, um, you know, that's something to be mentally prepared for. I think Ben Chilwell is like a must own. Like if I didn't have Chilwell, I'd be looking at him for my, um, game week three transfer. So maybe a somewhat less sexy, <clears throat> interesting conversation, but Aston Villa, they came back with a vengeance with a four nil win against Everton. Yeah. We're, yep. we're talking about dumping Ollie Watkins. Like, like yep. without even really batting much of an eyelash. Now he hasn't he hasn't scored, but neither has Nico Jackson. Why do we disrespect Ollie Watkins in this way? I guess I just and and honestly, five and five is not even terrible, right? Like if you looked at that <laughs> from another lens, look at it as one blank and one goal with two bonus points, You're right? Like, if we, yeah. yeah, exactly. If we got that either the first two weeks, we'd be like, all right, good start for Watkins. I think there's something about five that like always feels like a little like meh. It's just hard to get excited about five points. And, um, but yeah, so I mean, I, you know, he's, 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 he's off to a good start. He actually had um, quite a good chance in the Everton match. He had a moment where he sort of, um, it actually was very similar to the solid goal that I was describing a minute ago where, or the, the, near near solid goals that he sometimes scores right where he, I, he had a moment he kind of side footed and it just it just rolled maybe you know a foot away but just sort of points to there was that moment near the end of last season right remember just it felt like he was every single match he was scoring it was incredible it was like you get to the 95th minute and like you knew somehow he was still gonna and it, mm-hmm. he's not he's not quite in that in that zone yet and I'll, I'll be totally honest i think part of the reason why i'm considering it is because I really like the look of my team this week. I even going to my bench, I like the look of my squad. And so it's, 
and I have two transfers. It just feels like buyer guy. It's just, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, it's basically, it's, it's like a moment when you can get away with a luxury transfer and that's sort of how I'm viewing it. Right. It just, it's a slight luxury transfer because the rest of the squad looks okay. And I have decided somewhat reluctantly to give Bruno and, and partially I think, cause I don't know which of the two to sell. And I have this, like, I don't want to have buyers. Or, like, it feels like whichever one I decided I would buyers sell. Buyer's remorse. That would be a great seller's remorse. Name. Yeah. sell. yeah. Seller's remorse. Um, I'm like, I feel like if I drop Bruno, he's going to have two pins. If I drop Rashford, he's going to whatever score an assist. It's, do you know what I mean? Like that it, it's not, it's actually a terrible way to manage like a sort of fear-based managing, but um, I just don't know. It feels like um, it feels like I need to give them both one more week before I decide which one I want to drop. I will say I, I, I plan to drop one of them. I, th- I think that game week three is probably the last time I have both of them. I'm just not sure which one to drop yet. It's a real dread pirate Roberts sort of situation, right? Like I'll yeah, most likely yeah. transfer one of you in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that, you know, that could be a factor when you think about freeing up money. I mean, if, if you decide, you know what, I'm, I, I, I do want to give, I mean, the problem is you can kind of afford almost everybody right now, but let's say you wanted to just go for it with Mo Salah, right? They, they, they're, they're back home for game week four. You're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for it. If you, it, it wouldn't be that hard, you know, go, go from Watkins to Alvarez, go from Bruno to um, Mbomo, right? You've suddenly freed up 3.5 million. That's actually enough to go from Rashford to Salah in game week four. So um, th- those are, th- you know, those are, those are considerations. There's, there's no reason to not think about what your third transfer might be. Right. When you make these other ones. So um, anyway, just, you know, something to keep in mind. Definitely. Yeah, I like it. This is the game week three. Let's brand it right now. It's the game week of luxury transfers. So <laughs> the luxury transfer. Uh, That's another good We, we want to hear it. We want to hear about your luxury transfers uh, like yeah. those like those car commercials uh, ahead of Christmas time where you give your your spouse a car in the driveway with a big bow on yeah. it. Those are the only yeah. kind of transfers I want to see this week. <laughs> a lot of the yeah, Alexis transfers. Exactly. All right, Brandon, that's the pod. We'll be back on Thursday with a pod for our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you would like to support the podcast, we, we love it. Uh, we'd, we'd love it. If you did, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. I uh, get the uh, bonus podcasts and access to the Slack and many leagues and uh, mugs. Brandon, I was at our friend, Knowing Louise's place yesterday, and I saw the always cheating mug, and it really is beautiful. Or not mug, excuse me. The uh, the the glass the pint glass, the glass yeah. pint glass. Yes, and uh, the, I didn't know it was raised lettering like that. It really is <laughs> quite a fancy glass. It's yeah. not one of these like kind of stamped on things. It looks, we looks collaborate with the best production partners in Latvia. Uh, and they're yeah, looking out wonderful. for us. Yeah, Latvia. Yeah, that's a uh, Russian Georgia. Like, any, you know, anywhere <laughs> we can, we can, we can find a good and a good partner. We'll do it. Uh, very Baltic. Yeah, check, check. Yeah. Go, go to our Twitter feed at Hail Cheaters uh, if you want to take a look at the pictures of these pint glasses that our Volkswagen and producer patrons are posting. That's what you get at the two highest tiers that are patreon level and at any tier whichever fits best for you you can also at the lowest tier simply get access to our discord where there's lots of fun chit chat happening morning noon and night during matches off peak matches etc speaking of producers josh why don't you go ahead and thank uh the kings and queens at the producer level 
Will do. I don't get to do this very often, so I, I'll, I'll do it with relish. Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, uh, our buddy Chris Howell, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, uh, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson. Actually, Brian Chin also posted a photo of the of the uh, pint glass. So it's nice, Thanks, nice to see people getting those and, and sharing the photos. Carrie uh, Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Valger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, the Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Herzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tisloff, Noah Louise, Travis Grant. Julio Pena, Linus Winterstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, Fro Jacobson, and our two newest producer patrons, Brennan and Daniel Hart. That's just Brennan, by the way. It's not, it's not, they're not a duo. It's not Brennan and Daniel Hart. It's Brennan, one name like Madonna, and then it's Daniel Hart after that. Fantastic. So thank Fantastic. you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get podcasts. Follow us wherever you get social media for all this information more and more. Visit alwayscheating.com. Any last words, Josh? Thanks for listening. Good luck in Game Week 3.